So we're in a new series. It's always fun to be in something new. Uh, Unstoppable is our year-long theme, the power within the church. And we've been in, uh, over the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, well, we're not going to be done with that since 50 times in Acts, it's like Holy Spirit power shows up. So that's going to continue, but the series is different. It changed to the power of the gospel message. And we saw the gospel message go out, go out, go out, go out, all over. And uh, now it's going to reach even further. This new series is called The Power of Making Disciples. It's our mission. It's what we do, right? And so the power of making disciples. And so um, we're going to get after that. Acts 13, uh, chapter 13 through 20. I'm not going to preach them all today. You good? It's not a one-week series. You've got to keep coming back week after week. And uh, these, the, these seri- this series will be covering all three of the Paul's missionary journeys, right? And how he traveled around, how he spoke the gospel, how he was stoned, right? How he... All these different things, and I'm not, I got to be clear with that, don't I? Like, people hit him with rocks. All right, just in our day and culture, you have to actually say, like, people threw rocks at him. Anyway, you'll see it later today. Sorry, just, I want to be in the culture, and that demanded that. All right, so, do you have any routines? Sorry, I'm in the ditch. I got to get out. Okay, I got a question. Do you have any routines? Great. Routines? Got any schedules? Any patterns? Any like, it kind of goes like this at our house. Every Saturday, even if my wife's at a woman's retreat, uh, we're going to clean the house, right? So it's like, hey, we eat breakfast, and everybody, all the, everybody has their jobs, and we go through the house and get it all cleaned up, and it's spick and span, it's spotless. Matter of fact, I was like, let's leave the house so Kimberly can see it, right? <laughs> We went to the rack and all that. Stuff. It was like, you know what I mean? Like, because you know it'll be messed up in like 10, 10 minutes. All right. But you spend really, so you have any processes like that? Any patterns in your life? I think of a couple. You're going to go to church on Sunday or you pick a different day, right? I mean, it's like there's, there's a rhythm to the rhyme, right? It, it's just kind of the way we do things and there's some timing and there's some schedule and we have, uh, a plan, well, God has a plan for making disciples as well, okay? And you're going to see it in Acts chapter 13, right? So open up to Acts chapter 13 and 14, and God has a plan. He has a process, a routine, a pattern, if you want to call it that, for making disciples. And I want you to see the pattern, the process in the passage, and I want you to understand where you are in the process so that you might grow in the process, okay? And uh, I want you to write this in your Bible. I, uh, I have it written in my Bible. I j- just to prove that, I'm going to step up to an elder here who will not lie. Um, all right, you ready? You ready? You ready? You got it? Ed, you're in the message. It's not a rare thing. All right. God's plan. Do you see that? Five points right there, beginning of Acts. And it is all through Acts. And so I want you to write it down. You can write it down on the first, first page of Acts, or you can write it down here. Uh, you'll have more, more room, just practically speaking. You'll have more room at the first part of Acts. So write these things down. I'm just going to give them to you quickly. And I want to give them to you now so that you will see them 
as we go through the passage, you're going to see it over and over and over again. Here it is. God's plan for making disciples. It first starts with this. God initiates. Everything begins with God. God breathed and there was life. God said light and there was light. Everything begins with God. God initiates. That's how it starts. Second, we respond. We respond. And you can respond a lot of different ways. But we have to respond. So we respond. You're going to see this in your own life. You're going to see it all through Acts. You're going to see it today several times in the passage. Three, ugh, opposition arises. It just happens. Opposition arises. It happens all the time. If you're in a time of opposition, I get it. It's hard. It happens. But we, number four, persevere. Right? God calls us to just persevere through it, just for a season, just for a little bit. You can do it. And then this fifth thing, God blesses. Everybody wants the blessing, but nobody wants to persevere. Right? Everybody wants to respond when God shows up and goes, go! You're like, yes! But nobody wants the opposition. Right? This is a pattern. You can probably see it in your own life. And we're going to see it in the passage. So this process that God uses all throughout Acts, all throughout the New Testament, He uses even today, and you see the process in the first city here is Cyprus, okay? You see the, the pattern in Cyprus. I'm in Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church at Antioch. Remember we said that's the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Big deal, 500,000 plus people. There were prophets and teachers, and he's going to name them. Barnabas, we know who that guy is, right? Check. We're good with that guy, son of encouragement. Simon, who is called Niger, okay? So Niger is a Latin word. It means black or dark. And so we don't know, but there's good, good evidence that he maybe is from, you know, Africa or Nigeria um, and that he's come up uh, because, remember, it came from Cyrene and, and Cyprus to Antioch. And so then we have this guy, Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch. Herod the Tetrarch, remember, Herod's not a, a, a name, it's a title. Okay, so this isn't the guy that just died with worms. Um, were you here last week? That was gross, I know. But that was what we talked about last week, so that's why I said that. Okay, so if you weren't here last week, you're like, what, what? <laughs> Go back, listen to the message from last week, all right? It's online. Um, I listened to it. It was good. <laughs> and, and painful. You know, it was good and painful it's so hard to watch yourself it just is you know like never doing that again never doing and here i do it again all right keep going herod the tetrarch herod the tetrarch is the one who killed john the baptist right and so this is a lifelong friend of this guy and now he's a christian and he's following jesus christ and saul you know who saul is well, get ready. He's going to change his name in this passage. We're never going to call him Saul again. He, he, as I've been teaching, it's been like Saul, Paul, Saul, Paul. Saul. You've seen how confused I am, haven't you? It's not going to be confusing anymore. It's going to be Paul from here on out. 
while they were worshiping, that word they're worshiping means leading worship. So what they did, okay, it's like more of a leadership position. What I'm doing right now is we worship. I'm leading us in worship. And while they were leading in worship, the Lord, uh, uh, worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them, man, we might have done that this morning, and sent them off. And here starts the first journey. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, number one, I'm just going to say it, number one, God initiates, right? You're sent out by the Holy Spirit. God called them to do this. It's like, hey, you guys are going. You guys are going to get to that church. You guys are going to go to that church today, whatever it is, right? How God initiates, how God gets you where he wants to get you. Send out the Holy Spirit. I just have a one written by the side of that. That's the first thing in God's plan to make disciples. They went down to Seleucia, like 16 miles to the coast there. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. That's the island. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And they had John to assist them. Now, that's just great. John Mark, you remember the guy from last chapter? They had him to assist them. So what does an assistant do exactly when you're preaching the gospel? Maybe he's like up front for prayer afterwards. Maybe he's like in the tank baptizing people. Maybe he's in the prayer room during the message praying it up. Maybe he's in children's ministry. I don't know. When they had gone through the whole island, so they went all the way from uh, that first place, Salamis, uh, as far as Paphos, they came to a certain magician. So I know you want to see this. Do we, got, do we have this on the screen? Can we put this up? Here's a map. Okay, so Antioch, they come from Antioch, and they go to Salamis, and then they go to Paphos, and that's where we're at right now, okay? So that's where we're at. Everybody say, that's where we're at. Okay, that's where we're at. This is what it is. And they came upon a certain magician. A, not a musician, a magician, okay? A, a Jewish, so he's Jewish, false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Bar-Jesus means son of Jesus. Now, just so you don't get confused, Jesus didn't have a son, all right? And uh, you know, what's the most popular name in our church today? Somebody take a guess. We'll go with John. John, how many Johns are there? Just one? <laughs> nope, not the most popular. Let's go with Mike. That's it. Mike, raise your hand, Mike's. Okay, oh, that's it. That's it. There's a ton of Mike's, right? Okay, so it's like, it's like that, right? The name Jesus, or in the Old Testament, Yeshua, Joshua, was like the name David. And it's like the name Michael, right? It's like, duh, everybody's name is like that. Right? So he's just the son of a guy named Joshua, Jesus, and so his name's Bar-Jesus. It's not Jesus Christ, for sure. Um, we know that. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. What a distinguished name. A man of intelligence. That's pretty important. The Bible never says that about anybody, so this guy must be, like, off the charts smart. Like, 36 on the ACT, you know, like, the guy you don't want to be around because you look dumb. That guy. All right? So who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So he is pretty smart. He's like, hey, I got to hear about this. This seems like this is new. It seems like this might be important. I want to I hear about this. 
But Elamis, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them. Do you see that? Opposed them. That's three. You go, I missed two. Sorry. They proclaimed the word of God. They proclaimed the word of God. They responded by preaching the word of God. Do you know when you respond, it always has to be God's words, right? It always has to be communicating something about God. You know, we don't respond with like, yeah, God called me. Um, let me tell you about me, right? No, you say something about God, right? They proclaimed the word of God and they sought to hear the word of God. That was two. And now you see the opposition uh, Elimus, the magician, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. I mean, he wanted to, like, get his attention off it. Um, thought we could act that out. Can anybody juggle in our service today? Because I've tried millions of times. I bought these to juggle. Come on, Jordy, you're in. I saw your wife tab you. I, I saw your head go down. I hope he can juggle, because I don't know if he can, actually. So it, it'll be fun to watch. All right, so, 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 hey, Ben, stand up, stand up, stand up. Okay, so, so you could be Sergius Paulus because you might be the most intelligent guy I know. Okay, so you, you stand right there, and uh, you're going to get in between me and him because I'm, I'm going to be Saul, and I'm going to be preaching. Oh, yeah, dude, so you, 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 you juggle so I can't get to him, okay? I'm trying to tell him about the Word of God, and you're trying to get me off track. Go ahead. Perfect. That's, that's very, I'm, I'm so enthralled, I don't know what to do. Right? Excellent job, excellent job. So would you like to try some card tricks? I have some cards here. So pick a card, any card. You could be like, hey, 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 how, how come there's so many eights in this? I don't know, I don't know. All right, so, so I'm trying to get to him, but he's like, yeah, like, all right, so that's what's happening, right? Thank you, guys. Thanks for acting it out. All right, so that's what's happening. So we have, we have this thing here where it's like, I'm trying to tell somebody the gospel, and he's like, you know, it's like, give me a break, man. But isn't that like that in life? You try to get somebody the gospel, and somebody's like, hey, 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 what about the Super Bowl? Those two things don't go together. Bears and Super Bowl, I, that might never happen. Actually, it's like, what about the Super Bowl, Right? You might be hanging out with your small group people tonight, uh, just enjoying some fellowship. It's fellowship week, right? And, and you want to talk about Jesus Christ and what he's doing in your life, but then you're like, eh, we're at the game. And it's like, it's okay to have fun, right? But like, let's not be distracted by the things of the world when we need to be you know, on mission, right? And he tried to oppose them. And the world and the message of the world, it's all trying to oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ going to the gym, all these different things that I like to do, it can be, it can be opposition to the gospel. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes you can use it as a venue to share the gospel. But it can be opposition. And in this case, this guy was like, over here, look, I'm so good with the cards. And uh, yeah, but Saul, who was also called Paul, thank you very much. <sighs> And don't have to ever go back. Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently. That's like to stare or to glare, if you want to go there. Right? He's like, look at me, man. School. Right? And he said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit, you're a liar and villainy, wickedness, 
will you not stop making crooked the straight path of the Lord? Like I was trying to get to Ben, straight path, right? And he's like, no, go over here, go over here. It's like, no, 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 right to it. Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. What? I mean, this is Paul's first miracle. And he knows what it means to be blind. So I think he knew what it would do to this guy. (laughs) This is going to change your life, bro. I'm doing this out of love. You're going to be blind. Because it's going to change your life forever. And immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed, number five, when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. This guy's so smart, he's like, it's not the teaching of Paul, it's the teaching of the Lord, right? He rightly identifies it. So let's just go through it quick. We have uh, the Spirit sent them out, one. Uh, they proclaimed the word of God, two. Uh, they were opposed them, right? Seeking to turn them away from the proconsul, three. And then you have uh, Paul looking intently, saying, you are the son of the devil. I'm persevering right now. I'm going to make you blind. I'm going to not quit preaching because you want to get me off track. Number four. And then we have the proconsul believed and was astonished by the teaching of the Lord. Do you see this? Do you see the pattern? I mean, is it clear? And it's just going to continue. It's just going to continue. So here's the next one. Uh, Paul and Barnabas in Antioch of Pisidia. And Paul and his companions set sail for Paphos, from Paphos, sorry, and came to Pergia in Pamphylia. Pamphylia is the region. Pergia is the town. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. And let me just say this about that. John's going to be very useful to the gospel. He's going to write the book of Mark because John Mark. Discipled by Peter. Peter must have thought he had plenty of uh, potential. Sometimes we write people off, don't we? They don't do what we want them to do. They don't go with us to the work when we want them to go. You know, but God's timing is God's timing. You know, John needed to go so because he needed to grow, right? I mean, sometimes you got to go a while to grow a while. And, and that's just what happened. But I want you to see a difference between Paul and going forward, Barnabas, and going forward, and John, and leaving the work. Was John called? Or was he just along for the ride? Right? Just think about it. Paul and Barnabas were set apart for this mission. They were called. Even when it got hard, trying to climb this big hill, even when it got hard, they weren't going to quit. They were called. John was like, eh, I think I'll go home. You know, God told you guys to do this. And that's true. Just keep that in mind. Make sure that God's initiated if you're going to persevere. Otherwise, it's going to be pain for no gain. Okay? But they went on from Pergia and came to Antioch. This isn't the Antioch they left from. Uh, It's in a different region. Okay? In Pisidia. I've said that like three times and I've said it different every time. I'm going to keep doing it. 
And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. Number one, God initiates. Hey, got anything to say? Uh, yes, I do, by the way. Thank you very much for asking. God told us to come over here and say a few things. We will respond. That's next. Number two, so Paul stood up and motioning with his hand. See, I'm not the only guy that does it. You know, it's the preacher thing. It's like, come on. He's motioning with his hand, said, and then there's this 24-verse message right here. It's called the gospel. And uh, you know what? I could read the whole thing for you, but I'm just going to break it down because we got a lot more to cover. And so here's, here's uh, when we speak the gospel, these six things need to be included. Okay? When we speak the gospel, these six things need to be included. So when speaking the gospel, this. You ready? Just write it down on the side there. God's promise. Did you know that God promised? When he created this, he promised. Right? God promised. He wanted a relationship with us. That's why he created us. He promised to be with us and to have us be with him. And he promised to have a plan. He said it all in the Old Testament. And God's promise was fulfilled by Jesus' death and resurrection. That is the fulfillment, literally the payment. So Jesus' death and resurrection as payment for my sin, our sin problem. Do you know we have a sin problem? It's called, I breathe, <laughs> right? Just I, I woke up one day, and I was here, and it was like I was a sinner. And that's just the way it goes, because Adam and Eve passed down their sin to all of us. So God's promise fulfilled by Jesus' death and resurrection as payment for my sin, and now forgiveness of sins is offered or freely given to everyone. Forgiveness has to be included. People don't want to hear how bad they are. They want to hear, hear how they can change, how they can be set free. You know, God died to forgive you. We all know how bad we are. I don't, I don't want to hear that again. I want to hear what you're going to do about it. Well, God did something about it. He sent Jesus Christ, and he'll forgive you. I love that. It's a great message. Forgiveness of sins offered freely to everyone who believes that Jesus has freed us from everything. Do you believe that Jesus, the blood of Jesus, has freed you from everything? Whatever you're bound up in, whatever you can't get free of, it can be free. God will forgive you. Just ask. And you will be freed forever. So God's promise, Jesus' death and resurrection, my sin, forgiveness, believe Jesus, freed forever. These are things that need to be in every gospel presentation. When you preach the gospel, when you share the gospel, you've got to have these things. You've got to have these ingredients. Leave out the forgiveness, it's just legalism, right? I mean, it's like, you got to have these things in there. Look at verse 38. I will read this. It's astounding. 
chapter 13, verse 38. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, who's the man? Jesus. Forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. I was sent here to tell you that you could be forgiven. And I'm not just saying that. I feel like I was sent here today to tell you that you can be forgiven. I think you all have a good sense that it's not working out for you, right? I think that kind of comes naturally. My thing just isn't working out. I'm a sinner. But I came here to tell you today that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, Jesus, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Woo! That's good news. And he makes it even more clear for all of us that grew up legalistic in religion and rules. Um, freed from everything from which you could not be freed from by the law of Moses. Like you can't be free from rules. Imagine that. Rules just fence you in. You can't be freed from religion. Who's tried that? Like, religion didn't free me from anything. Just made, put a bigger yoke on me. Rules and religion never set anyone free. Now, I've talked a little bit about grace now, haven't I? And the gospel. Have you heard me? Are you listening? Jesus loves you. God loves you. He loves you. Jesus died for you. As clear as it gets. And you can be forgiven and free forever. I've been praying that people would accept that by grace, by faith. Accept that grace of God by faith. And so I thought we'd just pray. Let's take a second and pray. Maybe you want to accept Christ and you want to pray with me. You pray something like this. God, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sin, my selfishness. My way isn't really working out for me. And God, I'm asking you to free me by your grace through the blood of Jesus Christ. By faith, I trust that Jesus is setting me free. And I want to thank you that it's not just a today thing, but it's forever. That I'm forgiven and free, and it's forever. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. If you prayed that today, then you're set free. Right? If you meant that in your heart, if you talk to God about that, and you want that, you're free. You're forgiven. This is the day of salvation for you, and you should do some things with that. Like, go read your Bible. Like, go get baptized. Like, tell somebody, I accepted Jesus Christ today. He's changing my life. Be sure you tell somebody that you did that today, if you did. All right, let's move on. Um, I want you to see uh, the rest of this, okay? Uh, Pick up in verse um, 40. He says, Beware, therefore, lest uh, 
what is said in, in the prophets should uh, come about. What, what did they say? Look, you scoffers, uh, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your day, a work that you will not believe even if one tells you. So maybe you're here today and you're like, yeah, you just told me this whole thing and I don't believe it. Yeah, the Bible said that was going to happen. It actually, it actually says that is going to happen. So I would just say what Paul's saying here, beware, warning, uh, but please reconsider, right? That's what I'm saying. And as they went out, the people begged them, begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. So like, come back next week. Our, re- our regular preacher's kind of boring. Like, could you talk to us again? <laughs> we like that forgiveness thing, you know? And after the meeting this, uh, uh, of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism, so Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles, followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, well, now they're like, oh, you're saved. Well, let's just slap all the rules on now. You can't go to movies, you can't drink, you can't, let's, let's just get all the rules out. What does it say here? Did they slap a bunch of rules on them? No urged them to continue in the grace of God. Woo! I love that. It's not like, hey, get saved so you can follow all my rules. They urged them to continue in the grace of God. Don't forget that part, believer. Don't forget that part. And the next Sabbath, must have been working on their speeches, almost the whole city gathered. Woo! I'm nervous now about that speech I've been working about all week, uh, to hear the word of the Lord. Oh, it's going to be easy then. It's God's word. Um, but when the Jews saw the crowds, like the whole city came out, and they're like, well, we got a no audience anymore. When the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. That's number three. Number three. I mean, two was the gospel being preached, right? Three is, there's some opposition. First, I'm going to contradict what you say. What you're saying is not true. And then you're like, no, 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 over here it says, you know, and Paul's smart enough, he's like going and proving it to them. And then they're like, when they can't get him off on the truth, right? They're like, yeah, that's guess that's true. You proved it, you proved it, you proved it. When the guy has all the answers, because the word of God's true, then what? You stink. I mean, you're just going to start reviling him. You just start, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, well, you're just trying to make money. Like, you're just, like, you just revile him, right? So they just go after him. Well, you're stupid. You're dumb. Like, all right, whatever. You know, it's the truth. And, uh, and Paul and Barnabas, what are they going to do? Number four, they're going to speak out boldly, persevere, saying, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you, this is a huge burn, I hope you understand this. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy, it's like, fine, you chose. Guess you're not good enough. Judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. So they're not going to quit. They're just going to keep talking, and it's going to be to somebody else. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you might bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So that wasn't said earlier in the whole like Holy Spirit calling them out, but that must have been said because that's like what they're holding on to when it goes get, going gets hard. Like this is what God sent us to do. This is what God sent us to do. This is what God sent us to do. So they just quote it for them. 
And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing. I love to act this out. You guys could be the Jews. You guys could be the Gentiles, but I, I don't have time. I got to keep rolling. But I mean, can you just imagine that? Like these guys are like, and these guys are like, and he turns and he goes this way. He's like, I'll preach to you. He's like, ah, thanks. I thought you'd never come. I mean, do you see that in the text? It's so awesome. And that's number five. And glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. So if you were supposed to believe today, you did. And if you weren't, God's still working on you. I pray he has another day for you. And then he goes through. I'm just going to read verses 49 through 52. Let's just do a little test pilot. Can you pick up the five stages, the five the, each part of the pattern right here, quick. Can you just look? And the word of God, of the Lord spread throughout the whole region. And the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of the district. <laughs> but they're going to persevere. Here it is. But they shook off the dust from their feet. Yeah, fine. You don't want us? Fine. Against them and went to Iconium. It's the next city. And the disciples were, number five, filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. There it is again. One, two, three, four, five. It just happens. Sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes I'm in a season of opposition for a long time. Amen on that? Yeah, I've been there. Do you see the pattern? Is it legit? Can you see it? It's right there. Okay, you're going to see it in chapter 14 too. I'm going to read the whole chapter 14 and I want you to just pick it out. You can write it on the side. Just, just take a look at it, okay? Here it is. Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish uh, synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time. Wow. Speaking boldly for the Lord. For the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. S several miracles, several signs, several wonders. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Quite a schism. Then an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and stone them. But they learned of it and fled. You're like, that doesn't seem like perseverance. Hey, that's some smart perseverance. Go read, just write it down, Matthew 10.23. Matthew 10, 23, Jesus said, you go read it, okay? And they fled to Lystra and to Derbe, the cities of Lyconia and the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. So it went on to Iconium. Throw that up there, that slide, and then go ahead and throw the map behind it if you want so they could see it. I'm going to keep reading verse 8. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and never walked. He listened. I pray that we're listening today. He listened to Paul speaking, listening to the gospel, and Paul looking intently at him 
And seeing that he had the faith, he's like leaning in. So I'm leaning in. He's leaning in some more. I'm leaning in some more. To be made well. And in a loud voice, he said, stand upright on your feet. Paul's recorded second miracle. We've many signs and wonders done in between. And he sprang up and began walking. Can you say, wow? I mean, this guy never walked a day in his life. All of a sudden, he's walking around. Well, that'll draw a crowd, right? And when the crowd saw that Paul, what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Uh, yeah, Jesus, not these guys. Sometimes opposition comes. I'm just helping you with your number three here. Sometimes opposition comes in a different form. You're doing so good. Let's get you off track. We want to worship you. That's an opposition of a different kind. And Barnabas, they called Zeus because he was the taller, more mature guy. And Paul, Hermes, because Jesus was the messenger and Hermes was the messenger of Zeus. So because he was the chief speaker and the priests of Zeus whose temple was at the entrance of the city, brought oxen and garland to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowds. So they're like, yeah, we're going to offer sacrifices to you. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the uh, crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men. Look at them persevere of like nature with you, and we bring good news that you should turn from these vain things, these idols, and turn to a living God. Forget the wood. Forget the brick. Forget the metal object. Turn to a living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. In the past generations, He allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without a witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven. Do you have a house? God ever rained anything good down on you? Oh, no, I did that. Really? What do you have that you did not receive? Really? Life itself? Just think about it. God, he didn't leave himself without a witness. He gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. If there's been any happiness in your life, it's from God. If there's been any true uh, happiness, it's from God. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifices to them. But the Jews, dun, dun, dun. From Antioch and Iconium, it's like they're just building up a, a, a following, but they're also building up like a, a I want to kill you crew. All right? Not good. <laughs> Having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul. This is the second time we've been through the cycle. That might be a number three. <laughs> and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, He rose up and entered the city. You're like, don't do that. Go away. Don't do that. Perseverance. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. You would think you might go like, yeah, time out. Time time out. Time for like, we're going to 
let's make tents for a while. Let's do something different. It's like, nope, tomorrow we go on, we're doing it again. We're going to another city. Let's go do this. Can I just say this? At this point, Paul hadn't written a letter. You wouldn't have half the New Testament if he was stoned and dead right there. If he didn't get up and keep going, you wouldn't have half your New Testament. Just think about that. Perseverance is a big deal. Keep going, guys. Keep going. And then he has a new ministry plan here. When they had preached the gospel, preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium. What? They went back? And to Antioch, strengthening the disciples, the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many trials, you think? You think? You think we got to go through some things? Yeah, saying that through many trials and tribulations, Exhibit A, Paul, uh, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for, for them in every church, so you got to have some leaders, here you go. With prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Get finished strong. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Pergia, they went down to Italia. That's how they say it today. It's still there. And from there, they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. They fulfilled their calling. And when they re- arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Number five, God blesses, eh? And they remained no little time with the disciples. They took a break. Not from teaching, but from traveling. Let me wrap it up this way. You saw the process in Iconium. You saw the process in Lystra. Now, do you see the process in me? You got to see the process in me. You take a second, take an inventory. Has God initiated in your life? Maybe he just initiated today as I preached the gospel and said, hey, you could be saved. And you're like, yep, I got saved today. Initiated. (laughs) God's initiating. Maybe it's a calling. Maybe it's a, uh, I want you to serve or I want you to give or I don't know what hard thing. I want you to be in community that God's calling you to do. But is God initiated? Has he? What's your response? What's your response? And if you've responded, then I can tell you this. There will be some opposition. How long? I don't know. How you weather it and persevere? I can't tell. But I want to encourage you to do so because at the end of it all becomes God's blessing. But we don't just rest at God's blessing because we know that God's blessing is another initiation to more, right? And we just keep going. Do you see the pattern of things? Do you see God's plan for making disciples? Is he making you a disciple? And are you willing to then in turn use that and help others be disciples of Jesus Christ? That's what we're going for, church. 
This is the power of making disciples. So let me just give you three quick little prayers that you should pray this week. If you can see the pattern, then let's be faithful in the city God's called us to. Let's see that pattern come out here. Let's be faithful to the calling here. And I think you can do that this way. Pray for open hearts. Pray for open hearts this week. Pray that you're going to be around some people with open hearts that are willing to hear. Pray for God's favor that way, that people will listen. Secondly, pray for an open door, a clear opportunity to speak. A clear opportunity to speak. Pray for an open door. Paul prayed that, Ephesians 6. And then this last thing, pray for an open mouth. Don't miss the opportunity. Speak lovingly and boldly. (laughs) Jesus Christ is the answer. That he's already given you forgiveness. And it's free for all, forever. That's my prayer for you. And I pray that you'll pray those things as you apply this message to your life. Let's stand. Father God, I I pray that you would seal this message on our heart. So many times we've thought, why? Why, Lord? Why this hardship? Am I not yours? (laughs) Am I not a child of yours? Do I not serve you, God? Why this opposition? It's part of your plan and is growing us. God, it takes time for sure. And we have to teach some people what you've taught us, Lord. And it takes tenacity, some toughness, God. It really does. So make us strong. Strengthen us to do your work this week. May these disciples be encouraged. May they be strengthened, even with trials, to do your work. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Fill us up. In Jesus' name, amen.